This episode of the podcast is really cool because it's a combo with me and Native Poet. I've known Native now for about eight years or so. Uh, he was a client at, at our recording studio. He's now branching out into creating his own version of a record label slash agency, which I think a lot of people are doing today um, because the traditional label model is, is dated. Um, and so he just wanted some advice on, on how to approach it from a business standpoint, from a people standpoint. And I felt like this was a really informative combo to share with the world so um enjoy take notes and if you have any questions feel free to leave them in the comments or shoot me a dm or a message so that i can uh clarify anything that was shared right partners so if you're like oh that's not really a lot you do it this week all right so you find the producers and i'll go work on finding the engineers right because then they'll see how much work that takes. But when you just show up and you have four producers ready to go, to them, they don't, like, it's hard. <laughs> it's unfair for you to, to think that they should know that. Right. Because, like, they're not seeing the work, the time, the relationships, the the sacrifices, the, yo, do me this favor, like, and I only get a couple of those favors from this person. They're not going to see any of that. Um, so just to fill you in real quick. So the last time we talked, I was forming my, uh, my company gifted and committed music. Um, it's the music label agency thing that, you know, I'm still trying to work in this gray area of where mainly my purpose is that I want to pair up with artists and a sense of not exactly being their label and really having so much as an ownership over what they're producing, but, recognizing that a lot of artists don't have a structured team or may have missing pieces of the team. They may have a good in-house producer, but they don't have an in-house engineer. They may have, you know, a good manager and, but no one doing a social media, you know, or, or they might not have anyone covering booking and my label or agency, you know, semantics, semantics, the goal I'm trying to achieve is coming to you, coming to you as an artist and treating you as a company and saying, you know, what are you lacking? Like, you know, if you were, if you were selling plastic where I'd be like, well, you don't have any distribution globally, you know, like we need to handle that. And the same thing with ours, I'm coming over and being like, yo, well, you know, you're not doing anything on the YouTube platform. And that's the biggest music streaming site there is, despite the fact that it's mainly a video platform, like you're not attacking your YouTube correctly. And that's where I would like to take my company. Um, in terms of progress, it's been, it's been baby steps. It's been baby, baby, baby steps. Uh, I, I, I've got it, LLC established and everything. Um, one of the artists I was working with long-term before I even had the whole LLC and then had the, the company and everything, I don't exactly do work with anymore. And um, I really learned from that. And this, this will lead probably to one of my questions. After that whole experience, you know, the biggest takeaway for me, and not to sound bitter about it, but it was that I didn't get anything out of it. And I realized that, I was working with this uh, pop artist. This, uh, I should say kind of like hip-hop, kind of like Ariana Grande, SZA kind of aesthetics and everything. But, um, you know, I was um, I, I, I do record and produce myself, so I was producing music for her. I was running sessions for her out of the, the studio I used to have. I was bringing her in connection with musicians. I was bringing her in connection with the songwriters. I was 
you know, paying for Ubers here and there. I was paying for meals for not only her, but studio sessions. Um, I did a lot in terms of, I put up some, I put up monetary, I bought her equipment, you know, like I did a lot of things and it's not to sit here and be like, you know, I was daddy Warbucks about it, but it's about the issue that um, I invested a lot. I didn't put stuff in paper. I didn't really know what I should have had in paper. And then the relationship fizzled out. And I was just left with like working with a year and a half of an artist and nothing to, to essentially show for, you know? So um, that's something I definitely would really want to consult you about is I'm really looking to define, I'm really looking to one, um, recognize and define the relationships I have with artists. And also I, I feel like I don't properly know right now a way to gauge my benefit from an artist. Like how can I properly invest and gauge, you know, if I'm getting back and if I should keep investing, I just kind of go into it and just be like, you know, fingers crossed, I want the best for this artist and I hope they want the best for me. And I feel like that's not a thorough, a thorough ideology. All right. Good. Well, I, I got a lot written down, so I'll try to tackle it one by one, but because it's a lot, like feel free to cut me off and, and ask questions as I'm speaking. Okay. All right, so you're dealing with something that uh, I dealt with and I think a lot of people deal with, which is we're in an industry that is known for people taking advantage of artists, right? That's like the big thing. So anytime you work with an artist on the business side, I think a lot of us tend to overcompensate because we're so afraid to look like anything that resembles what we're trying to not be, right? I don't want to be seen as a label. I don't want to be seen as a shady manager. I don't want to be seen as a shady agent. So I'm going to give you much more than anyone else. Right. And what ends up happening is you end up then losing, like you said, you know, you work with an artist for a year and a half. You you put up time, sweat equity, relationships, connections, experience, all these things. And when the artist is like, yeah, nah, this doesn't work for me. And, and, and the music can't be used. And it's like, now you you're left like, dang, like maybe I shouldn't have done as much. And it's not, you should have done as much. But I think the, the mistake we made early and, and it took me a while to get it right is you have to treat it like a business, right? The relationship, like you may like each other as people, you may want the best for each other. But the second commerce happens, the second you pay for something or you exchange something, you got to make sure you're clear. Even if it's just a handshake, you got to make sure that everyone is absolutely clear on what's being done, why it's being done, what the goals are, what the expected outcomes are, what your roles and responsibilities are. All those things have to be clear or you will ultimately end up with people feeling both sides will always feel like they did more for the other. Right. I'm sure there are artists out there who are like, man, I did a lot for you. Like, man, I I, I trust him. And I'm sure if you ask me, I'd be like, yo, I did a lot for that artist. Like, right. Your time. I pay for this. I pay for that. They lived in my house. So. At the end of the day, it's one of those things that when I learned and, and when I finally got to a point where we made sure we had agreements for everything we did, the business, like we were much more successful. Even if the agreement was a handshake, we were much more successful because we always defined what it was. We always made sure that value was clear going into something. Like you said, something as small as an Uber or a meal or something as big as, yo, you pretty much have recorded your whole project for free and never paid a dollar for it. And even though... I may have the studio and I may I may not be paying out of pocket hourly for the studio time. Uh, 
the studio still has a cost. I still bought the equipment. My engineering came at a price. Like all right. these things, I think sometimes get taken for granted. So like I said, you got to treat it like a business, which then goes to, I think what you're building, right? Which is this, like you said, it's not really an agency, not really a label. You're kind of supporting and filling the gaps. You're going to have to figure out a way to properly communicate the value of what you're bringing when you're filling any of those holes, even if it's just social media or if it's I'm engineering for you or if I'm helping you put together your show or all of the above, you're going to have to figure out how before you engage someone, how to properly present a game plan. And what you want to do is you want to present it as a partner. You want to present it and say, all right, we're partners. We're doing this together. This is what you're bringing to the table. And this is what I'm bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. This is the end goal. And as a result, this is how we both will benefit. Mm -hmm. Both both may benefit from a profit share. We both may benefit because we both have ownership or equity in the IP we create. We both may benefit because we both have first rights to use the music or whatever it may be. But that way, when you have a plan, you say, this is what I'm bringing and this is what you're bringing. Early on, when the artist really is just bringing their talent and maybe their hustle, their drive, their commitment, but really it's their talent. Mm -hmm. And you're bringing a lot of like tangible things that cost out of pocket. That's when you can communicate effectively. Because once you get past that and you start giving stuff for free, it's hard to go back and say that that's worth something. Right. And, And as you help build that artist up, the things you bring to the table become less valuable. Right. But the initial need will never, would it, will, like that value is always at an all-time high. Right. So that's why before you start, it's 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 really like a, it, I'll show, like, I don't even see it, but like literally like it's a project schedule. Like, mm-hmm. like I literally be like, yo, this is where we are this week. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm going to do. This is what we're going to do next week. This is what I'm going to do. And you almost do it in like sprints. I'm not going to give you the five-year game plan because I don't know if we'll be working in five years. But the day when we start, this is what I bring, this is what you bring, and this is what the first week looks like. Mm. So even if it's just me doing research and finding producers for you and that takes me time, I need you to value that I'm doing that. Right. And if you don't value that I do that, you can always do it as the artist. Like, we're partners. So if you're like, oh, that's not really a lot. You do it this week. All right. So right. you find the producers and I'll go work on finding the engineers. Right. Because then they'll see how much work that takes. But when you just show up and you have four producers ready to go to them, they don't like it's hard. <laughs> it's unfair for you to, to think that they should know that. Right. Because like they're not seeing the work, the time, the relationships, the the sacrifices, the yo, do me this favor. Like and I only get a couple of those favors from this person. They're not going to see any of that. Yeah, and I mean, exact scenarios like that. You know, we pulling in session musicians that, you know, charge 150 an hour and they're coming off of the strength of the fact that I've known them for three years and done stuff with them. They'll come and they'll play for you yep. for free. They're, they're in here, you throwing ideas off them. And, the, and, and then instances, so, you know, artists, you might catch attitude, run my session musicians in the wrong way. I'm like, damn, you don't, you. Now you not only now have I tried to bring a relationship to you, almost over here jeopardizing the relationship I have, and it's just that value isn't understood. It's, so yeah, definitely full heartedly agree with what you're saying. Yeah. So you know, I think there's a list of agreements, and when I say agreements, you know, I, I, I some of my best relationships in this industry are from handshakes. Mm. So you know, I'm not saying you got to have paperwork on everybody. There's some people who are going to say that. 
Mm-hmm. My lawyer would definitely say that all day. But right. I think what you do need to, to be able to create is almost a template of like, this is what we're agreeing to. This mm-hmm. And again, the foundations of that template never change. What's the goal? Right. Who are the, the key players? Me and you. Or if it's a band or if you have a manager, like you said, what hole am I filling? What am I bringing to the table? What are you bringing to the table? And then how do we keep connected on that? Like, all right, let's update a week later. What have I done? What have you done? Because sometimes I may get busy and I may not do what I'm supposed to do. And rightfully so, you have the right to be frustrated. Right. You know, I'm sure if I talk to the artist that you're speaking of, they would say, well, you know, he had a lot going on. And at times, like, I felt like I was waiting and da-da, because that's reality. But right. if it's not communicated in, you know, check-ins, weekly, monthly, whatever it is, as they grow more frustrated and you are not aware of it, now, by the time thing hits ahead and you bring your frustrations to the table and they bring their frustrations to the table, it's not that either is right or wrong. In most cases, you're both right. So that's what it, it protects both of you from just like being human, just doing regular things that humans do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd come up with like templates for each role that you said, right? When you said, you know, if they need social media or if they need engineering or if they need a producer, or if they need someone to help them with booking, it's like I would literally create like a, a flow of what what each thing means. What what does it mean if you help me with social media? What What do you do? Right. Oh, you got to source graphic designers. You got to come up with with aesthetics. You got to, you know, organize the post. You got to come up with captions. You you know, when you start listing out what one bullet point is and it's 10 steps under each bullet point and you're doing five bullet points, someone will appreciate the 50 things that you're doing a week. Right. But if it's just kind of like, oh, I help you with social media. Again, it's easy for anyone to be like, oh, well, that's not a lot. Anyone can post to social media. It's like, no, nah, it's, it's not that simple because mm-hmm. I have to post to grow your audience so you can book more shows and get more looks. Right. And when I do that successfully and you're bigger, it's a lot harder for you to appreciate it once you have the blue check, once you got thousands of followers, once people are rocking with you, you're going to forget that I got you the first 5,000 followers. And that's something that that's something that I definitely have always um, consciously knew. But I think I had the worst time conveying to the artists I work with is that I refer to it as like the trajectory value. Like you when I if I'm giving you a launch pad to get you, if you've been at step two for the past three years in your career and I give you a launch pad and we go to four or five and six. I mean, I mean, three, four and five. And then you get to six. I mean, yeah, that was you. Like, that's great. But just know that, like, you was at a ceiling until we came in and gave you some extra momentum to go forward. And when you at level six and, you know, we helped you at level two, what I did doesn't seem like it was as important, but it was the catalyst. And that's something I'm trying to also put into my like contracts. I've, I've, I've tried writing agreements and contracts and everything. I've been like, how can I properly say, um, kind of like a like, kind of like a sunset clause and everything. Like, how can I have something, but but not a sunset clause because it does. I don't want it to have to be revolved around termination of the contract. But I want it to be like, yo, I'm not signing you. You may not be a label mate, but if we did X, Y, and Z, like I'm working with another artist right now. We're gonna do a video. This video were to pop off and take you to you know, a level that you've yet to see. I, I don't know how I can, that's one of the biggest, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to say, look, I need to be paid for, or I need to be compensated for trajectory value, value of where this could get you potentially. 
and not that I want it up front, but like, how can I garner? How can I gauge what I should be getting for it? So I'll give you uh, one of the contracts we did end up coming up with for a partnership agreement. Mm-hmm. Uh, we committed, depending on the artist and where they were in their need, let's say we committed $125,000 to their career over mm-hmm. the period of three years. Mm-hmm. And it could be used for studio time, music videos, living, whatever it was, right? And basically what we said is, we'll make our money back through a partnership, a revenue share in all these areas, whether it's the merch that we help you print, whether it's the songs we help you create, whether it's the partnerships that come through from brands, whether it's licensing and sync from the music we create together, we'll get a piece of each of those and a percentage of that piece, call it half, will go towards us making our money back and the other half we'll make. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's kind of like a management agency, similar to what you're talking about. Right. But we had a clause in our contract that basically said, and at any time, if you want to go off and get signed, a bigger opportunity comes as a result of what we're doing in that time period. Or I think it was like two years beyond our contract time. So five years, you would have to pay us. I think it was like a two X return on what we put in. So Mm -hmm. we put in 125, you would have to give, we would have to have made 250. So if we gave you 125, let's say you paid back a hundred. So there's 25 left. Right. And you go sign a deal. You would have to pay us 275 from that deal. Right. And we structured it in a way where like you didn't have to pay us all at one time. Like, so if you went and got a million dollar deal, you weren't going to lose a quarter of it to us right away. Right. But, but we would be built into the new deal to continue growing. And then we capped it. So it was like, it's not unfair because it's not like we're saying we want to get paid forever. But we're right. just saying like, we basically turn our dollar into two with you. That's a good return on our investment. And all we're going to do is take that new 250 and invest it in more artists. Right. So you're helping us help the next you. Right. And again, communicating that early allowed those artists to feel confident and comfortable saying, oh, okay, yeah, I, I, that's fair. Had we said that after the fact, when they got signed and we said, like you said, trajectory value, like, yo, you wouldn't have had that deal without me. I should get something. Then they'd be like, yo, like he's trying to take too much and he's, he's trying to do too much. Like, but it's, you know, so early on is when you have to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you want to hear where the artist is. You want to also make sure that like, you give the artist a chance because sometimes artists would be willing to put up more. They may be stingy and they may say, well, you know what? Rather than you get as much on the back end or you, you tie that clause in. What if I just pay for the studio time? Mm-hmm. What if I just pay for the musicians? Like sometimes they just need to see it to say, dang, like, you know what? I think I'm coming up with $500 a month right now. Mm-hmm. And then that helps you because now you can pay those musicians. You may not pay them the one fifty an hour, but now you can at least give them 25 bucks for gas or something like that. Yeah. So that's kind of like where when you communicate up front as partners, not like they work for you, you work for them, but you work for each other. It allows you to say, okay, well, yo, I'm going to book these musicians. They usually would charge 150. I can get them off the strength, but I think we should definitely give them something. We right. should. And then the artist can say, all right, cool. Well, I'll put up 12 if you put up $12. Cool. What's well, what? Like it, it becomes so much easier when you, when you're upfront weekly. That's why I say like, once you establish these are our goals, these are our roles, and, and this is our relationship, then just make sure every week you're checking in based on that initial agreement. Mm. And if there ever needs to be an adjustment, which sometimes there are, always pull up the initial agreement and adjust from that. Right. Yo, you were doing 50-50, but based on how much I'm putting in and, and what we originally agreed to versus what I'm doing, I think it's got to be like 60-40. And that right. could be you saying that or it could be the artist saying that. Right. 
And then you say, yeah, you're right. You know what? You did say you were only going to put in a hundred bucks a week and you have been putting in like 600 bucks a week. I agree. Take 70. I'll take 30. Or you know what? You're absolutely right. That's my fault. I'll catch up. I'll put more money in over the next month and catch mm-hmm. it. Have the combo. It's a relationship. Yeah, you're right. And I think that's, I definitely understand the importance of, of paper contracts and everything and having things in written agreements and handshakes and everything. And I think that was one of my shortcomings is that, like you were saying initially, I just didn't, I didn't want to like come in front of someone and be like, yo, sign this paper. I just felt like, you know, the devil handing you a deed. Like, I just felt like, yo, they're going to see me put this like, you know, two page contract in front of them and, and, and they're going to feel like I'm trying to do something, trying to connive them. And so like, I shied away from it. Not out of ignorance, but just being like, nah, right, it's gonna scare them off. They're gonna think I'm a, I'm a sleaze ball, something like that. And so, like going into this, I've got two artists where I work with. One of them, um, I work with in, in a capacity, and it's it's odd. It's like two artists I'm working with. One I'm working with in a capacity where I'm dedicated more time, not as much money. And one of them now I'm trying to dedicate more money, but not as much time. And I'm trying to, and I really don't want to play it out in real time because I'm like I need to. I understand before I just jump into it, but it's like the artists I'm giving time with and everything, I appreciate we're making growth, but it's just at a rate where it's just like, because, um, you know, in my day to day, I do video work and I do, I do freelance editing. So it's like, I really make a lot of my own income off my own time. So it's like, when I give him this much time, it's like, damn, I'm not making my own personal money back. Cause I'm just investing time in you. And then the artists I have, who I'm willing to put money up, I'm kind of just thinking of the previous relationship I had with ours. I'm like, damn, before I commit to giving you money, before I commit to getting you producers, getting you a video guy, getting you the right mixing and master engineer, like I, I still don't know what I need to tell him what I need in return. Because it feels like it, it's a complexity for me because I'm dealing with these initial these artists at their initial state. So there's no revenue, you know, coming off the music, there's no sync royalties, there's no publishing to collect, there's nothing for me to ask of them so it really feels like i'm either in a position of a i have to be like hey look i'm going to charge you for a service which to, i think most artists are like well if you're going to charge me to go find a video guy why don't i just get the video guy myself and i don't want to be in that for a situation or then i'm back in a situation of i'm just putting stuff on the table for their taking and i'm not really getting anything to receive yeah you you got it it, it always starts to me with it's a partnership and it's a business so that means you need a business plan and you don't need like a 30 page document. It can be two pages. Yeah. The business plan that both of you fully understand what it's going to take. You need roles and responsibilities that both of you step up and own. And you'll both be wearing multiple hats and then you need to assess a value day one to those things. So that, like you said, finding the videographer is a task. Who's responsible for that? And what is the value? If it's on me, I'll go do it. If it's on you, you go do it. But we have to understand that that takes time and there's a value to it. Right. And if the value could be maybe I know more videographers than you. So it's easier for me to do it or it's harder for you to do it. However you want to look at it. But that's a value that I bring to the table is if you had this task of going to find a videographer, you'd have a lot more hard time doing it. I bring value to you because I can do that in a couple of days. Right. Make you a couple of weeks. So that's where, again, start with a business plan. Right. And a plan is really just goals. So what what are we trying to achieve? You just listed off the different revenue streams. Which one are we activating first? 
what will it take for us to activate that revenue stream? Mm-hmm. And then what roles do we have to play, again, wearing multiple hats, for us to achieve these goals? And then once you do that, and, and usually what I end up happening is an artist will see then, dang, you're wearing, there's 10 hats we have to wear. You're wearing eight and I'm wearing two. Okay, how do I compensate you properly for that? Right. Or how can I like pull more weight with my two to make sure that you never have to worry about it? Right. That's that's where like that initial conversation so key, man. It took me years to figure that out. Like I've worked with so many artists that I, I I look at now the younger version of myself and say, damn, like if I knew then what I know now, those artists would have been much better off. Or realistically, there's a couple of them that we probably wouldn't have lasted more than a week mm. because either I wasn't prepared, I didn't have the time or capacity or resources. Or they weren't prepared. They didn't have the time, capacity, or resources. And but because know, we never really addressed it, it kind of yeah. stretched out, stretched out, stretched out. And then by the time we were both super frustrated, that's when everybody goes their separate ways. And then it's like, man, you ain't do what you were supposed to do. And man, you, yeah, da, da. it's like, but no, if we had addressed it, how I, how I approach things now, it probably wouldn't have gotten past the first conversation. No love lost. No, like, it's just not the right time for us. Yeah. And that, that to me that. is like that initial conversation is, is a brutal one, but it, it, it allows you to to hash that out early. And that's in any business, not just in our business, but in any business I'm in. I have very brutally honest conversations as, as far as what our goals are, what our expectations are, roles, responsibilities. We go into like strengths and weaknesses. Right. So it's really a business plan. But we're having a conversation. Yo, you, you know, you try to set this meeting up a month and a half ago. So like. One of my weaknesses right now is like, yo, I got too much shit going on. So <laughs> I, like, right. I don't even take on another project because like I know I, I don't have the time. Like I want to. I'd love to work on 10 more. But I literally I'm up at 430 in the morning. I'm, I go to sleep at like 1030 and like I literally work 430 to 1030 and like try yeah. to time with my family in between. Yeah. So when someone brings a great idea at this point, I'm like, yo, if you need me to physically do something, I'm out. If right. you just need me to like check in. We can have a conversation. I established that day one. Now. Mm. That way, no one's going to be like, well, I'm working with you doing like, you know, he's going to be on a two hour Zoom every week. I don't my calendar don't have two hours. in. Right. <laughs> but if you need me to just check in, if you just need to shoot me a text, if you just need advice real quick, I'm here. I'm like, yeah. I'm in. So that it took me. A, it took me a while. I had to mature in business to get to a place where I realized like that was my shortcoming. That was my fault that caused the issues in the projects and artists I was working with. Mm-hmm. And now I don't have those problems because I'll be very upfront with the artists I work with when we, est- when we are approaching new projects or album cycles, yo guys, I can't be on a weekly call, but once a month I commit right now to being on like a monthly catch up call. Mm. If it's an emergency and you text me, like I'll get back to you as soon as possible, but don't put me in any position where it's going to be a bunch of emergencies. Right. Don't rely not, on me in that yeah. case because I don't have that capacity right now. Yeah. But if you just need advice, if you just need me to like connect dots and make intros for you, I could do that for you all day. Right. So now that I've established my role and the hat that I'm wearing based on the goals we have, I feel like artists work with me in a much more confident state because now my word actually means something as opposed to me saying, yeah, I can help. And they're in their minds, they're thinking help means X, Y, Z. And in my mind, it's ABC. And we're like clashing because I'm like, damn, they don't know. Like, I'm taking two hours a week to talk and da, 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 and I don't have that kind of time. But in their minds, they're like, man, he's only taking two hours. Yeah. We never established That's what crazy. We never established what, like you said, I'm not a label. I'm not, I'm just supporting. You're going to have a hard time 
with artists because you're going to have to clearly define what support is. And because you're not in one area, right? If you just said, I'm a project manager for, for, for artist projects and, and what I do is basically help them organize and that's all my company does, it'd be easy. You'd have one template, one document, one way of doing things. Right. But what you said is, I can help them produce, engineer, social media, booking, shows, releases, development. So like for each of those things that you do, you've got to have like a template basically that says, if I'm helping you with one, here's a template. But if I'm helping you with five, yo, it's a bigger template. Mm. And I'm and I'm, I'm going to make sure before we get started that you fully understand as an artist what I'm doing for you. And you're 100% right. You're 100% right. Because I, I sat down with this artist um, that I sat down with last, like two or so weeks ago to have a meeting with and everything. I went in there like with the headspace of like, we want to, you know, assess our goals, assess where the progress is at and where I can help and fill gaps. But I didn't have... And I think like my gut was telling me, but like my head wasn't processing it. But like when I walked away, I was like, damn, I was not, like you said, I didn't have a brutally honest conversation. I didn't say like, like I was like, yeah, man, like, you know, you got like put the company's name on it. And like, you know, I need you to like, you know, uh, back the company and like, cause your, your town's gonna help propel the company. But I wasn't saying like what I need on a weekly basis in terms of return. And I just, I mean, part of it, you know, my shortcoming, I didn't know what it was that I wanted, but, um, I definitely am not looking at it like, yo, I'm not going to repeat my, my own history. So I'm like, I need to figure a way to tell him, look, we can do this. I can do this in this capacity. And if this needs to be stretched past this capacity, well then look, this is something else. Cause that's really what I'm realizing. Like, uh, we, we, like when you're talking about the commitment and everything, like the, the one is artist, he, he, the artist that I'm trying to give more money to, he, um, one of his things that when we did some work in the past, he he said that he felt that I wasn't communicating enough. And, um, and you know, of course, if everyone's on hubris, I was like, ah, I was definitely like, I was sending emails and da da da. But I was like, oh, maybe I wasn't commuting at his level of what he needs and what he recognizes as being enough. But then well, we need to have a conversation of like, well, if your capacity is here and I can only offer here, can we still do a relationship? Is this going to be a working thing or do we just need to debt it right now? Because if I can only give you this much and you're looking for all this, and I'm not getting compensated, you know? So, and I mean, I hate to talk in a circle, but that that's really like one of my main things I'm trying to tackle right now is I, I don't want to go to these artists. And even with the artists who I'm giving more time than money, I still don't really know, like, I don't know what I should be asking for in return, you know? Cause a lot of these artists don't have, like you said, they don't have anything but their talent right now. They got talent and they got some time. <laughs> and I don't know how to properly invest without over-investing. So I would advise you one thing. There's a there's a tool we use. It's called the Business Model Canvas. Okay. That uh pretty much allows me to create a a business plan on one piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to the website, I think it's themodelcanvas.com. Okay. Our team put that together. That's dope. That's dope. Um, and you can download it. It, it's a template and there's like a there's a like instruction guide that goes with it and then like the instructions for the canvas are actually on the on the actual website so mm-hmm. even if you don't download it if you just look at the descriptions and you took a piece of paper and wrote it out 
if you can answer everything in the business model canvas for your business first. So before you even talk to an artist and it's going to go through like where you make money, who's needed to make money, where, mm. how people connect with you, uh, what resources you need, what partnerships you might need, what your value proposition is, who your customer segments are, uh, your customer relationship type, your financial structure, money in, money out, how much you're spending, what you're making. Uh, once you can kind of fill that out, you'll mm. see what holes you have right now. Mm. And then you'll say, you know what? I want to do it all, but I think to start now, I'll circle one or two of these offerings and just focus on that for now. And let me let me fill that out and get the right people around me to, to execute at the level I need to before I add the third thing. Right. It's, it's something that Alibaba and Amazon use the model canvas because their companies became so big. Mm. How do they properly communicate to investors, shareholders and people in the company what they do? Mm. So just that we can drill it down to one page. We're always going to be good because at the end of the day, commerce is commerce. A website is a website. So it doesn't matter if we're selling uh, books or we're selling cars or we're selling services like cleaning homes and all that. It's a website. Mm-hmm. And our website's going to do one of three things and customers will be able to do a couple things and, you know, product owners will be able to do a couple things. And that kind of allowed Amazon to scale very quickly. So when I look at a company like yours, which is multifaceted and will do multiple things, go through the exercise of the business model canvas, fill it out to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. And then when you see the whole, like you'll see the strain it'll hit your head. You'll be like, Oh, there's no way I can do all this. Like, and then you'll start crossing out. All right, well, let me get rid of this revenue stream because what you'll see is when I cross this revenue stream out, I don't need as many people here and I don't mm. have any resources needed and I don't have as many expenses. Right, so if right, I cut right. this revenue stream out. I cut out 80 percent of the work. That's a headache. Mm. And now I can just focus on the things that make me money that are that I that are in my wheelhouse or in my capacity. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be able to answer the question as a business owner. What do I need for this revenue stream? Mm. Right. And really, if you think about it, you're really solving a problem for a customer. So so the revenue stream is a byproduct of what do I need for this customer? Right. Right. OK. Right. And then so you'll say, what's the customer? Customer is someone who needs engineering. Someone's in video editing. They need booking a show. They need social media. Those are all different types of customers you're reaching out to. So if you're doing social media, what do you need for that person? Right. To deliver. If you're doing engineering, what do you need for that person? If you're doing production, what do you need for that person? And as you kind of create that list, you'll start saying, you know what? Ain't no way I'm doing that. Cross that out. Or you'll say, I could just outsource that 100%. Right. I will never do social media. I'll just hire a social media company for X a month. And then yeah. I'll let the, the, the artist know, yo, for social media, this company costs us $80 a month. I'll split it with you as a partner. But this is how I make my money back. And the artist may say, yo, before we spend $40 a month each, I'll just post on my own. Now, you can say as a partner, all right, well, be sure to post three times a week. Next week, what you going to do? You're going to pull up their social media and say, yo, you're supposed to post three times. You didn't post at all. Mm. Following week, yo, you're supposed to post three times. You only posted once. Following week, yo, you didn't post again. Yo, let's go ahead and get that company. Yeah. Or, dang, yo, you killing it with social media. Hey, you got free time? Hey, you mind doing that for another artist? I can get you some money. It's like, you'll see how it creates opportunities as you look at your your mm. business model canvas to right, say, right. this is what I need every time I tell someone I can do social media. Right. This is what I need every time I tell someone I can do production. 
And that helped my business a thousand fold. Because at one point we had a label, we had a publishing house, we had a licensing house, we had a, yeah. a booking talent agency. Like we had a studio, we had production team. <laughs> and so like the, the the guys that helped me put this together, the team that helped me put this together, guys and girls, like once we were able to organize what our company was in, in a like a one sheet glance, mm-hmm. it allowed us to make decisions like this. Mm-hmm. And then we started cutting things out. That That doesn't make us enough money. Like that, wow, that makes us a lot more than we thought. Double down on that. Man, if we just had one more engineer, we'd be much better in this studio space. All right, let's go mm-hmm. find an engineer. Mm-hmm. You know, literally just look at your company and just like start calling plays, which is your right. role as a CEO. That's where you want to spend more, more of your time doing that. Right. And that's of your time, like arguing with artists on calls about <laughs> studio time. <laughs> and that's definitely something because like while I do want to offer a myriad of services, I definitely am a believer of like, you know, jack of all trades, you master none. So like, I'm not, when I go to these people, I'm, I'm being like, yo, look, I have the coordination skills. I have the personal skills. I have the managerial skills to, we can connect these dots for you. We can get you this, we can be this vehicle for you to get you there. But I may not be the driver for every damn thing. I may not always be, yeah, I do some engineering, but I don't mean I'm engineering every single person. I'm not producing beats for every single person. Social media stuff, I really, I have some people that I, uh, I work with that do social media. And I'm like, yo, I honestly, I connect with them. They give me a game plan. I, and I, and I look at where you're at and I try to modify for you. I'm not like, I try to tell artists, like, I'm not, you know, a guru of all. Cause you know, just to be honest, I feel like a lot of people have, you know, try to do that. They try to offer everything in one. And I mean, I'm just like, yo, look, I can get you there. I'm not promising I can do it all. But, um, so no, I definitely, I, I, I've been taking some notes. I definitely value the importance of what you just said with that. Uh, something else I wanted to talk about is so, and this this is like a personal slash a business goal and everything. Um, I was in a space previously where I had all my studio equipment at, at my disposal. And, you know, I had, I basically had a studio set up. I had unlimited access and I could get a pretty high quality sound anytime that I could do it, you know, at no expense to myself besides the fact that I invested in the equipment. Um, you know, stuff happened during COVID and everything. I know I'm going to have access to that space. And so personally, I've been really struggling to try to find a space where I can host uh, the same kind of setup I have. And then also, I think it would be a good mark for my business. But, you know, I'll just be very foregoing with you. You know, it's I'm doing well right now, but it's not maybe the best financial step for me to be having a second rent out, uh, you know, uh, just to have a studio space. Um, But do you think me investing in a, in a, in a, in a place to help hold business is a smart decision right now. And really to phrase it better, should the building come before the business or should the business come before the building? The business should always come before the building. Mm. I can answer that with the most confidence of anything I've said today. Mm. Uh, because, you know, I've had businesses and buildings and, uh, yeah. It is always going to be easier for you if you have the customer and you supply the need, mm-hmm. right? The The idea of if you build it, they will come. Uh, it's like people are missing what that really means. Mm-hmm. If your emails were flooded right now with people trying to book time from you, like you look at your email and you're like, man, I must be missing $10,000 a week right now. Yeah. I like I literally get five people a day saying, yo, what's up? Yo, what's up? If you build it, they will come. If your emails aren't flooded with customers, 
and you go get a space and then you have the trouble of finding customers, it, then now everything else you're talking about almost goes out the window because <laughs> now you're trying to figure out how to pay a second rent. Right. And a lot of us, myself included, have, have been victim to this where we take on the cost and then try to figure out how to make it work. Right. So <laughs> I always tell people like, you know, even with, before we get off the call, I'll tell you what our next project is. Like it took me almost all of the pandemic to land on what the actual project I should be working on is. Mm. And I was going like the opposite direction the whole time while like the thing I actually was getting multiple re- requests for a day, I, I, I didn't even see it as a business because it was almost natural to me. Mm. So I was like forcing these other things and the thing that I actually could do in my sleep, like I'm turning and then finally my wife was like, yo, what are you doing? Like, just do that. Like you enjoy it, you, you do it for fun. And people pay you for it. Like, why, why is that not your focus? And then once I did that, it kind of like, it clicked. So again, I think, and I was going to brick and mortar route. I was doubling down on trying to get like an, another studio built and like a, another spot and da, da, da. And it's just like, could I run a studio? Do I have a Rolodex of people? Could I get it up and running and operating? Absolutely. But the the days of like my phone blowing up five, six times a day for people to book studio time, that, it doesn't happen anymore. I haven't had a physical space in a few years. Mm. So I still know people. I'm sure I could find people, but people aren't reaching out to me for space like that anymore. Maybe right. once a week, once a month, if I'm lucky. But what people do reach out for me for is this what I'm on the call with you, with, which is mm. I get, I mean, if I show you my DMs, I, like, I didn't even know there was the other tabs in the DMs. So I missed hundreds of requests, like right, right, right. 400 requests in the last year of like, yo, bro, I got a question. Yo, bro, what's up? So like once I and, and I enjoy this, I enjoy helping artists. I enjoy helping them build. Mm-hmm. I, I know I can't do a one on one all the time. So the next right. project I'm actually working on is a platform that uh, artists, agents, managers, indie labels will be able to get all this information free of charge. That's and then what will make our money is just like putting together virtual events and seminars where we'll be able to connect more informative people and opportunities and all that stuff. I'm having a lot of fun putting that together because That's I would do awesome. it for free. Yeah. But like I spent more than half the pandemic on Zooms helping people while I was like getting off the Zooms to try to figure out how to buy a building. Right. And my wife was like, what are you stressing over a building for? Like do what you're already doing. Mm. Like the people, people offer to pay you. Like even when you was like, yo, what would it take? And like the reason it took me a while to respond is like I told my wife I was like I hate charging aspiring business folks and indie independent artists for consultations because I I was them I know where they are like mm-hmm. at 150 250 bucks could go towards the idea and the plan not mm-hmm. to me like but I also understand the value of my time and experience it's a worthwhile investment yeah <laughs> so, it, so it, it was a, a a tough thing for me of like I can't really charge well I could charge them what I need for the hour but then. Then to your point with like the not trying to be the sleaze guy, there's so many quote unquote coaches out there who are like 1500 bucks, two hours. And I just yeah. like, I never wanted to be that. So the solution for me was like, I believe from a value and a principle standpoint, the people who taught me taught me for free. So right. I'm always teach for free. And then the other opportunities where we can monetize, I'm just going to do that so well that it's always worth whatever we charge for it. So if I do a producer workshop, I'm going to get the best producers to be a part of that workshop. If I do a how to start a record label workshop, I'm going to get people who ran some of the best labels to be a part of that workshop so mm-hmm. that when I charge you for it, you're always going to get extra value. Mm-hmm. But for the basic 
information, like I can't because the people that took the time to sit with me never charged me for it. No one's ever charged me to give me game on business or on on running on music or anything. Mm-hmm. So that that's like my long winded answer of unless your phone is blowing up for people wanting to book space, you're better off just splitting time with the artist and saying, look, found a spot. They're willing to do a, a discounted rate. I'll split it with you 50, 50, 60, but whatever you end up splitting it. And as you need time, we'll just pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think also like, because you're not a label, you don't own their masters and all the things that like the, the wave is happening. I think artists will put up the money. Right. And it's funny. Like, we think they won't, but they will. If we say, "Yo, we need six hours of studio time," and they're going to charge us fifty an hour, so it's three hundred bucks, they'll find that one fifty. Mm-hmm. And then because now you're putting up one fifty, even though it's one fifty, and you're like, "Man, but if I had my own space, it's a lot less headache to just give one fifty and be done." And <laughs> that twelve fifty or fifteen hundred a month, yeah. And the equipment's breaking, and you know the key's not working, and the yeah. That that one fifty one time, even if you do that every week, like you're splitting it, and then you'll be more conscious of where you're spending your money. So you're not gonna waste one fifty, right? So before you book the session, you'll have goals. All right, we booking this the six hour session. What what are we doing? Well, I'm gonna finish up that song. Great. When you have your weeklies check in, hey, we paid three hundred for that studio time, one fifty each. You were supposed to finish the song. Did you finish it? No. All right, we'll put in the notes. No, did not finish the song on time. Next time you book, it costs us both more money. So now when we start having conversations of value, I can pull up the receipts and say, look, like it's costing me out of pocket when you don't hit your deadlines. Mm, right, right, right. So while you're upset at me, understanding like this is why I don't have enough money to do the things I should be doing because I'm putting more money into studio time because it's taking you longer than you said it would. And right. that's fine. But just know that that 150 comes from somewhere. So if you say, oh, six hours, I get a song done easy, but it takes you 12 hours. Well, guess what? I allocated that other 150 towards the music video. Mm-hmm. So now when you're like, man, you said I shoot a music video, but but I haven't shot it yet. I can explain the music video money got spent on the extra studio time. Right. <laughs> but again, a lot of people don't see that in real time. So yeah. it's, it's just it's, that's how I look at it. It's, it's wherever your money is. That's where I'd put your energy. If, if right mm-hmm. now you're making money doing videos, get a better camera. You know, get a better computer to to edit with. Right. You know, get it, get it, get more space on your hard drive, get more plugins, get, you know, right. put your money there because if that's what's making you money, that's how you can pay for the studio time. Mm. And man, man, see, it, it's that that's that's the uh, the duality syndrome I be dealing with is that I invest a lot of time and resources into the video stuff because it is it, it's pretty much, you know, my career and everything is how I feed myself. And I, I I invest so much time in it, but then, you know, like I know what I really want to do with this, but it's just that, you know, this just doesn't, the music industry is such a weird thing. Like, you know, it's like, this is like one of the few industries where you can be talented, do your job correctly, come through hundred percent. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. You'll see royalties a year from now. And you're just yeah. like, Whoa, what? Like how, what I'm supposed to do though, like, <laughs> you know, I feel like I can, you know, go above and beyond. And I mean, it's not like I, I, I'm saying like I need a pat on the back, but it's just like, you feel like, how, how can I really commit to something that even though I love it, it just does not, it doesn't, it's not sustainable. It doesn't allow me to continue to keep giving to it. So, um, I mean, now that was a, a, a great explanation answering my question about the business before the building, because 
I, I really think I just need to hear another person say who's been in my position and everything. Cause you know, I, I, I've been up, I've been up nights, you know, going through Craigslist, going through LoopNet, going through Redfin, going through Zillow, just anything like, yo, who's got space? Like how can I negotiate a rate? And I was telling my, my, my girlfriend the other day, I was just like, at the rate I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to have spent the year trying to find a space and not done any music. Cause I've been spending a year trying to find a place to make it. I was like, that feels super counterintuitive, you know, that just, so, I mean, maybe that's just a hard pill I got to swallow. Maybe that's just a hard pill I got to swallow. So I need to put more energy into the business so that I have the justification for the building. Yeah. Um, and it can be part of a plan. Like, trust me, I don't have a physical space, but I'll have it because this other thing we're doing will make us so much money that the cost of the space now is coming from the thing that's driving the money. Yeah. And, that, and that's how they look at it, because I think, and, you know, saying that a lot is a really helpful thing, because like I just need to be honest with myself, I can't really take on the afforded expense right now. But if I have a revenue stream that can that can sustain this expense and it won't be it won't be as taxing on me as a person. And That's I will it. be able to, and I'll be able to still do my job effectively, and I won't be, you know, crying that I'm paying two different rents and two different leases. Yeah, I've been there, and yeah. especially with the pandemic, you know, we uh, we sold our studio January of 2020, mm, mm-hmm. so like missed the pandemic by two months. Had no idea what was coming. Sold in January of 2020. By March, pandemic hits. By April, studio shut down for all of 2020. I couldn't imagine having that overhead for the studios that we rent. Like, like I looked at the guys who bought it and I felt bad for them. Because I was like, don't like that's right. I, I got, I've been in this business for a long time. I've never, ever, ever seen anything like that before where like people can't come to your business. Like yeah. never happened. Even, even if you have a snow day or a blizzard and you lose two or three days, that's hurt. If you have like a bad thunderstorm, that's hurt. Six seven months of no traffic, like I, I I literally have no idea how some people did it. So it's why even for what we're doing, it's a, it's a digital application. Like I'm starting with the digital because that's in the pandemic where my need has been. I'm I'm literally now just responding to the the DMs that I'm receiving <laughs> and saying like, "Yo, my bad." Like just seeing this in the in the general tab or the, the prompt, whatever tab. Like I apologize. Let's connect. And then uh, I'll make sure because I have your email that you get an early access link. It's free to sign up. But the beauty of even conversations like this and why I'm taking these one on ones is it's helping me understand what courses to put together. Mm. Like some of the courses will include how to start a record label, like how to start an agency, how to start a publishing company, right? How to manage a project. Mm -hmm. So all of these things that we've learned and people around me know how to do really well. I'm literally going to create the blueprint and give that game away, give them gems away, give the the tools and resources away. That's awesome. That's incredible. So that more people like you who kind of just need that direction will be able to just download and watch and say, oh, okay, cool. Like, oh, I never thought about making money. Like to your point, in an industry where I got to wait three to nine to 12 months to get my money back, how do these other people do it? How are they surviving? And I can show you how to start a record label and start making money immediately. Right. Right. And then how to do it like the smart way. So right. that that's like the, our project. So I'll make sure you get an early link to that. Um, and then I'll have some studio stuff in there, too. So even as you get into opening your space again, I'll have some of like the architecture of like a studio business, especially in 2021. How do you build a studio model in 2021 yeah. to sustain? Think, yeah. 
Great. And how do you prepare it. for digital digital only activations? That was one of the things I did. I helped a lot of studios set up online mixing and online recording during the pandemic. Because I, you know, these guys were paying, especially in New York and LA, crazy rents and couldn't have people come into their doors. So I was able to help them like learn how to like edit audio and edit pod- podcasts and do things they had never done mm. start making money. So there's a lot of revenue streams out there and a lot of ways that like I think sometimes we overlook. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to share that with like people like yourself who it, you can do it all. You just have to kind of step by step it. Right. No, definitely. That sounds like a gym. That sounds like a whole gym. I'd be extremely grateful for something like that. Um, I know your time is of value. So I got one more quick question for you. It's not as in-depth as uh, the other ones. Okay. It's just a real quick question. Um, And looking for ways to find funding for artist projects and uh, videos and stuff. uh, How can I go about getting grants and or loans uh, for my business so that, you know, if I do have to, maybe I want to push a single really hard and I don't want to try to just save up and drop my 1500 I just worked for. How can I maybe apply for a grant or a loan that I can, you know, then use to get that artist the momentum to get their project done? Got it. So I, this is actually one of the courses, but I'll, I'll give you like the high level approach. So okay. one, you have your LLC set up EIN, establish a small business bank account with a local bank. Right. In the DC area, that's like Eagle Bank. Uh, what's the, what's the industrial bank? Um, and there's a couple others, but Eagle Bank and industrial bank are like the two main ones. Industrial bank is black owned. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd set up a business account with them this week, 25, 50 bucks, set it up. Two, I'd, I'd set up a meeting with the small business manager. Mm-hmm. I would do that and I would present them my business plan. Right. And and the reason you want to do that is you're not going to get any money right away, but you want them to start paying attention to you. Right. So you set up your bank account with them. You set up a meeting with your small business manager and you, you give them a nice call it like a 10 slide overview, 10 PowerPoint deck, printed out, well-designed of your business, your customer, everything in the business model canvas, basically just in prettier, you know, 30 font slides. They shouldn't be reading a book. They should be able to skim through and understand your business. Totally. Then I'm going to show as much cash flow as possible in like a six month to a year sprint. So any dollars I can get, I'm putting in that account as quickly as possible. And I don't care if it go in and come out. I just need to show that I can make money. Right. And and in about six months to a year after I've set up the account, I would then set up another meeting with the, the manager and say, look, this is what I've done so far. I told you I was going to do this. I've done this. Hopefully I've done this a little bit more. I'm going to need financing in the next six months to a year. Help me get on that path. And the branch manager, the, the business manager will tell you exactly what you need for your business to get the funding. Mm-hmm. They, they need you to take out loans. That's how they make their money. So the more successful you are, the better it is for him or them or her. So that's like the loan route. And, and you, but it's, you're not going to do that with bank of America, chase, none of those big banks do that right. for us. folks. Like I think for them, you got to have three to five years of history and you got to have something like a million dollars of revenue before they even consider it. Yeah. Um, but the small businesses, like they, they're looking for the 150, $250,000, interest only loans, which like when I learned what those were and we finally got them, you can get a million dollar interest only loan and pay like three grand a month on it. Mm. 
So imagine taking a million dollars out the bank, paying them three grand a month for three years, and then turning that into real revenue so that when the principal kicks in and you're paying now, call it nine to 10 a month, your business is making 20, 30,000 a month. And you can always refinance the interest only portion. Right. So a lot okay. of businesses just keep refinancing those interest only loans or they get a line of credit. So again, when you meet with your small business manager in six months and you say, look, I'm looking to get funding in the next six months to a year, what are my options? What should I be doing? They'll tell you, all right, so I think the easiest thing, you can apply for like a $25,000 line of credit, call it in three months. All you got to do is have this much in the bank. And they'll tell you what you need. Because again, they need you to take the loans so their bank makes money. And then you'll say, oh shit, I didn't need to put 25,000, or maybe I don't need $2,500 in the bank and I need to keep that balance for six months and they'll give me the loan. All right, cool. Right? Right, so that's like some of the stuff. And then from the grant standpoint, what you want to do, the easiest way to do that is to partner with a nonprofit. Mm, Find a, mm-hmm. a, a DC, Maryland, Virginia nonprofit. Words, Beats, and Life was our, our uh, fiscal partner at House for years. Meaning anytime we had an opportunity to get money from a, or a company, but they wanted to give the money to a nonprofit for the tax write-off, we would put our programming through Words, Beats, and Life. And it wasn't no hustle. It wasn't like they just gave it to us and we kicked them back money. We would legit sit with Words, Beats, and Life and say, what are your goals this year? And they'd say, we want to do a DJ after school program. And then when we work with a partner, Red Bull or whoever, we would throw in our deal. All right, we'll do the deal, but you got to buy Words, Beats, and Life 12 DJ sets. Mm-hmm. You got to buy them six laptops. Mm-hmm. So so finding a, a, a fiscal partner or a nonprofit partner is a really simple way to tap into grant opportunities where you can then provide your resource expertise. You you edit videos, like you provide value instantly. So you can look at a nonprofit, a grant and say, oh man, there's a grant right now for storytelling and it could be any kind of story. Yo, what if I got that grant and I recorded artists in the studio making music? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, how can a nonprofit benefit from that? Well, maybe mm-hmm. the music can be about whatever the nonprofit's focused on. So that may skew a little bit, like what if we did something and it was about like domestic abuse? So maybe the project, a portion of the proceeds will support domestic abuse. Maybe I'm working with all female artists. Maybe I'm da-da-da. But like, that's how you plug and play into the grant world. It's not a nonprofit partner and just connect those dots between the grant, the nonprofit partner. And again, all you're doing is standing in the cash flow to say, how do I add value to both? It's, It's, and you know, the fact that you said it just gave me a big confirmation internally because I do work with the NAACP and through this pandemic, I've been, I used to do a lot more work with them, but through this pandemic, I do like with the local level branch and everything. And they've been doing like, you know, stuff during coronavirus. And I've just been like, I've been seeing some of their Zoom stuff and I'm just like, yo, we got to like, we, this needs to step up. Like, you know, y'all, we can make this look so much more better. And are so much better. And that's one of the things I was thinking is that um, I need to offer like, you know, a video service, like really up their live streaming game. But I was like, I need to find a way. That's so crazy you said that. Cause I was like, yo, I was like, I need to find a way how I can be like, yeah, Nathan Peoples will provide a service, whatever free charge I ever to get this job done for you. But like on the back end, like sponsor my event, like give me some, cause an NAACP stamp looks nice for a black owned business. You know, I'm, I'm not representing, I'll be honest, I'm not really representing artists that are, I represent artists I think probably have a, a pretty appealing image, you know, 
um, nothing too gritty. So like, you're right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. That's not your job to figure out. I'm gonna figure out how to tie it together. But I'm glad you confirmed that. That like that's something I should be looking into. I'm gonna figure out how to tie it together. But I'm glad you said something like that. That's a big confirmation for me. I'm I'm glad that that resonated. And I know you'll figure it out. It's 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 not easy. It's simple. It's it's really when you take a step back, it's just connecting dots. Mm. But when you're in it, it is really really hard to uh, to see it at times. So that's what these calls are supposed to do. Ultimately, the platform I'm launching that or we're launching, that's that's exactly what that's supposed to do. And even that's why I record things like this, because we'll be able to take elements of this convo and put it out for the next person that's in your shoes. And even if it's five years from now, they'll listen to what you're saying, questions you're asking, how I'm answering, what you're responding with. And they'll say, oh, my God, I can do that, too. Right. Because there's no no shortage of nonprofits, no shortage of artists, no shortage of opportunities. <laughs> yeah. It's just Plentiful. connecting dots. Got you, man, man. Very, very, very telling stuff. Very informative. Thank you a lot. You do. Yes, sir. I know you're a man of a, a, of many talents and <laughs> highly, highly, highly requested. So I definitely don't take this for granted. No, nah, um, I pre- appreciate the uh, patience, man. I apologize. Like I said, once I looked at that, uh, the second message or the second and third message session, I was like, I, and it was funny, the T-Pain video. <laughs> yeah, the t <laughs> And I was like, wait, what is that? And then when I went to my joint, I went to my messages and I, I, I'd never even seen that button before. Yeah. And now when I was like, what is request? That was like 2,100 requests. I was like, oh my God. Wow. A bunch of it was spam, but I'd say like, call it half of it. So 1,100 of it was like, hey, quick question. Hey, you got, you got some time to, to yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. Like all these people probably think I'm an asshole. Like, <laughs> that request so I went through like the people big. I knew, like, like you, and I was corner. like, yeah, so if I knew the person like you, I was like, oh, snap, like, yo, yeah, fun. So I'm still in that phase, and I'm eventually I'm going to go back and respond to all of them. That's dope, bro, man. Commendable, commendable service, bro, that you know you're looking to help further further the, the next one coming up, man, you know? Because I, I, I do, not in a weird way, but I, I do see your page a lot, and, like, I definitely peep the game. You be dropping in everything, and, like, I, like I even told you, like I saw you, I saw you post that one day. I saw you post that book, um, "The Richest Man in Babylon." I ordered it the next day, read through it. Oh, that's that's my book. I, I read that book once a year. It's a great book, man. I really that's one of the books. I would say I read it and immediately took some of the practices from it and definitely applied them to my life, and it has results. Like it has results. So like you've always been, and I mean like and you when you like you know you've answered some of my texts back when I was like you know trying to work with an artist. So I definitely appreciate it, brother. I definitely see that you are doing this from a very genuine place. And that's and that's highly appreciated in this industry. It's highly appreciated, you know, you know, an, an egoless conversation, you know. I really do I appreciate, appreciate that. that. And, and more importantly, I'll tell you what uh, the, the people who did it for me said, which is just do it for the next person, right? That That's, uh, that's how this works. So, you know, it, it only works if like, I've gained this knowledge through conversation and experience. I'm gonna share it with you. You're going to be a monster because you've got it now. Then when the t- time comes, you want to share it with the next person. And right. Like I said, just be a blessing. Just someone's going to reach out to you one day when you're a multimillion dollar mogul running D.C. And they're going to be like, yo, I don't even know he's going to respond. And just like right. surprise somebody one day and be like, yo, bro, what's good? Let's get lunch. Like, let's, right. let's chop it up and just treat them to lunch and tell them what you know. And then that next person, it's like we get sharper and better and younger every time. So, right. Yeah, that's it, man. I got to run. I got 11 o'clock. He just texted me. But uh, I, I, if I do anything with this, I'll let you know. I'll definitely send it to you. Um, business model canvas. Like I said, definitely go through that exercise. 
And then probably like late next week when I get the preview link, I'll, I'll just shoot you a text or like a, a message with that. Go ahead, sign up. It's free. And then you can always submit questions through that too. And the beauty of it is not just me. So like my friends who are like booking agents and managers and all those will be part of this think tank answering questions for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and from the same energy and same space, all the people who I'm bringing on board operate like I do. So it's like, Yo, they're not, they, they literally are in to just help the next, next wave. I'm for it. Extremely grateful to have the opportunity to talk to you, man. Yes, I look, I'm looking out for the link. I'm going I'm, I'm to be, I'm going to look out for the link, man. But bless. I know you got something to get to, my man. Thank yes, you. Sir, I appreciate it. Thank you very much, bro. You have a good rest of your meetings, man. Take care. Thank you.